On July 4th, 2020, 244 years after America was founded, Kanye West announced he was running for president of the United States. Under the self-proclaimed birthday party, West ran for cultural issues. Deeply conservative and religious, West blended church and state as one, using Bible verses as inspiration for all of his policies. The 21-time Grammy Award winner was placed on the ballot in 12 states, ultimately securing over 60,000 votes before conceding on November 4th, four months after his announcement to run. PR disasters are nothing new for Kanye. His entire career has been defined by extreme polarization, not necessarily because of the music he creates, but because of the attitude that he cultivates. Kanye West is an egomaniac, a selfish, troubled artist, and ultimately one of the most important pop culture figures of the modern world. After disgracing Taylor Swift at the 2009 Video Music Awards, West retreated from the country. He bounced around the globe before landing back in Hawaii and drumming up a hip-hop boot camp for his next project. West was desperate for perfection, and he finally found it in 2010's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It is, more so than any other release, explicitly Kanye. It's brash, loud, unapologetic, and confusingly introspective. Through 13 songs in 68 minutes, this record is just as much of a therapeutic experience for West as it is an enjoyable experience for the listener. The production is unmatched, the critical acclaim is unquestionable, and its legacy is unquantifiable. Ten years after its release, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy cements itself as an art school album. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen, do it, screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it, I guess every superhero need his theme music. November 22nd. 2010 we were given a gift in the music world we were given kanye west my beautiful dark twisted fantasy we are releasing this episode 10 years after the day that this album was released and i am joined by the two biggest kanye west fans i know now granted that's a small circle but i do what i can and i am bringing back to the program for a record setting fourth time jake klingensmith as yes. well as for the second time caleb soul let's start with jake jake how are you doing i'm good do you think um diehard art school albums fans are like who have heard my episodes and caleb's episodes are like they know each other do we have a wiki page yet <laughs> I'm hoping that in year two, as next next week is the one-year anniversary of the show, I'm hoping year two we get the wiki page, we get the fan cams, we get the hardcore following that I, I, I expected to trickle in after episode two. Perhaps uh, the hardcore fandom was delayed by a year, yeah. but it's it's okay. You know, we've released an episode, I think, every, I you know, 50 out of the 52 weeks over this You're past year. I've, I've had fun doing this show. I, I've talked to a lot of interesting <laughs> people. I've been exposed to a lot of interesting music. It's interesting when I started this show, I thought, you know, hey, I'm, you know, not, not mansplaining perhaps, but perhaps I will be schooling some of our people on music they've never heard. And as it turns out, when I reach out to all of these people, they are instead hitting me with all of these albums that I was either completely unaware of or like the album we're talking about today, I knew of its existence, but I had never heard it. Again, it is the Kanye West album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And I, I feel like, I, you know, I listened to a lot of Kanye this week. I It was a big Kanye-heavy week. He was on my brain far more than I'd like to admit. And it got me thinking, and, and we can start with Jake and his take on this. Is Kanye West the most interesting artist of our lifetime? 
I feel like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm just just like based off metrics, like the amount of articles that have been written about him and the amount of time on television spent, like argue we on um, we're we're setting out to do what no one has ever done before in this podcast, and that is discuss Kanye West. I know there's like not there's not a take that hasn't been had about yeah. Kanye West, especially this album. Yeah, oh my god, we're gonna contribute literally nothing. This is this useless, but I'm happy to be here, Case. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Caleb, thrilled to talk to you as always. I I will disagree with that a little bit. I mean, I have always said. What do you think you're? Gonna what is bring your take? I got a comp at the end of this episode that I'm just so I'm so psyched oh about. I, I thought of it when Tease I was it. taking notes earlier today, and I was like, oh god, Tease with it. with. Uh, let's just say Kanye West is gonna be compl- compared to one of the great NBA players of the 1990s. <clears throat> So okay. uh, stick around for that. But is it magic? It's Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Ewing theory potential with Kanye West will not be discussed. We're not talking Ewing theory, apex mounted, or sliding glass doors moment. None of the rewatchables rules are in place for this podcast. But I is it Adrian Dantley? <laughs> it's it's not. I promise you that it's not. It's Reggie John Miller Starks. Either. Oh, Starks. That that man still gets my blood boiled. I wasn't alive when John Starks played in the NBA, and he is still one of the most hated players of my lifetime. I can't stand that man. Winning time 30 for 30 about Reggie Miller of the New York Knicks. I gotta be honest, if I met John Starks, I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind. I'm gonna get a little Why? one-two, maybe. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> yeah, you are doing that, first off. I just think that the 1990s Knicks suck, and John Starks was a big part of it, and John Starks made Reggie Miller's life harder, which means I don't like him. They suck? Where's the ring? Where's the ring, Jake? All right, Frodo Baggins. I did not understand that reference. That's okay, though. You know, like, I I recently applied to be an intern at NPR. Did I hear back? No. But I recently applied to be an, uh, an intern at NPR, and... One of the essays that I submitted in my portfolio was this essay about how I don't know anything about the Beatles. I I don't care about them. I'm uninterested in them because everything that needs to be said about the Beatles has been said before. And if I like the Beatles, who cares? Because everybody likes the Beatles. And if I don't like the Beatles, but I also am me living in my own universe with my eclectic taste, then I'm that guy that doesn't like the Beatles. And it's a lose-lose situation. So I've just entirely avoided them. I don't feel like this album or Kanye in general is at that point yet, but I I think it leads to a discussion about Kanye's legacy and and perhaps what he will be remembered for. And what I was intrigued by researching this album is Kanye's obsession at the time with Michael Jackson and, you know, just Mm -hmm. how sad he was that he died. And I think you could draw some parallels there of... I think when Kanye goes away eventually, unless he lives forever, which I can't entirely rule out, there will be a subsect of people that remember Kanye West for the controversies and for the tabloids and for everything else that he brought to the table. And there will be people that remember Kanye for the music that he created, which is some of the greatest music ever created. Caleb, is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Are you saying that? Is that your subjective opinion? I think... I think that's an objective opinion. I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah, that's I just fair. didn't know you felt that way. Um, yeah. I don't hate it. No. All right. Well, I, you know, we're one for one so far. I'll have takes that upset <laughs> you guys a little bit later on. But, you know, right now we're off on the right can foot. I, can I just say, like, um, you said, I think Kanye is the most interesting artist of our time, probably. But I think, 
I think Beyonce deserves mention. And I think that kind of comes back to this whole controversy in the first yeah. place. Kanye thinks so too. Right. Yeah. He, he thinks both of those things are correct. Him and Beyonce. <laughs> it's crazy, but yeah. <laughs> Caleb, that was a brilliant segue to get us into our next topic, but we're not going to go there because I need you to defend this Beyonce opinion because I don't consider her to be interesting. In the Actually, hang on. No, hang on. I'm going to object. You need to defend your opinion because Caleb yeah. has the popular opinion. <laughs> that Beyonce is more interesting than Kanye? You, no. you, just need, you just need to defend when you she's think in she's the conversation. Old. She's in the conversation, but yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, we have nothing to defend. Yeah, what? <laughs> look, look, the 76ers were in the conversation when the NBA title last oh year, God. too. That doesn't mean they were anywhere close to winning a championship. I think Beyonce's in the same boat. Does Bill Simmons have a gun to your head right now? <laughs> He's just like yelling at you to, to make these weird comparisons. I can't help the way I am. I don't like it necessarily, <laughs> but this this is how it is. I'm much like Kanye West. Sometimes I don't okay. think Kanye can so. help who he is. And if we're going to talk about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, we have to talk about the road that led up to it. And I think the Kanye that society knows at this point was born on September 13th, 2009, the MTV Video Music Awards, when Taylor Swift wins the award for Best Female Video. I believe that was for You Belong With Me, which is objectively the best Taylor Swift song. And then Kanye comes up on stage. I'm sorry, but Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Obama calls him a jackass, and we are off to the races. This is certainly one of the greatest moments, if not the greatest moment, in live TV history, I think. <laughs> Jake, would you would you disagree? I just, I have to process that for a second. I think um, Beyonce's Super Bowl performance rivals it. What about uh, the moon landing? <laughs> was the, I guess it's live. I, I hadn't considered the moon landing. I think that's fair. Now the Janet Jackson nip slip is far more influential, oh. but I don't think I don't influential. think influential. No, no, completely. It changed the FCC regulations. It changed everything. Oh. TV has never been the I, same okay. since. I thought you were saying like you know, ever since then you can't watch a Super Bowl halftime performance without seeing a few nips. <laughs> no, oh god, I wish we moved in that direction as a society, but we haven't. We're instead restricted by the confines of the FCC, which you know I I certainly don't like, but that's the reality that we're living in. But you know, I, I can't think of anything, even at a young age. I mean, I'm 10 years old when Kanye does this, and. It just, it was earth shattering in a sense. Like it was mm -hmm. the number one story. It was everything that everyone talked about. And I don't even know in the, in the 11 years that have passed, if there has been a pop culture moment that has been as universally known and understood and almost one-sided that Kanye was wrong in this situation, even if it is objectively funny. And I will throw you my take right now. I think there's smoke to the fire that perhaps this was all a big ruse and everybody was on the same page. Even like Taylor? Why not? She's I, she's an A-list celebrity. She's got people that talk to people. I think Taylor Swift could have been in on it. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure that's a theory that's out there that a lot of people agree with. But um, I don't know how much she was vilified after that. It's hard to believe. Oh, yeah, it's hard to believe it wasn't just the Hennessy. Like exactly. 
<laughs> his and also just died. She just passed yeah. away. He was I I don't know the full story with uh with him and like what he was what he was doing around there, but yeah, like he was drinking a ton of Hennessy. I mean and that's not out of the like the wheelhouse of what we know Kanye West for. Yeah, he's since <laughs> proven himself to be like that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> What I was unaware of when it came to the Kanye Taylor Swift lore was the following night, Kanye goes on the Tonight Show with yes. Jay Leno. Now, I, I, have you guys seen this it. interview? We watched it yesterday. I had never seen this before. I was blown away. Just Jay Leno and Kanye sitting together is a very funny visual, and I don't know why, but it just it's just humorous to look at. But Leno all of a sudden thinks he's Walter Cronkite and is trying to pull this story out of Kanye. And he mentions, you know, well, well Kanye, I, I knew your, your deceased mother. What do you think she would say about this? And then Kanye cries Crazy. on TV. It's for as much fun as the VMA setting is the tonight show with Leto is no. one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Like, like Jay so Leno weird. is canceled for that. <laughs> Caleb, are you a it's big also Leno just, guy? Jay Leno's never asked. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, it's well as Jake was saying. Leno's never asked a serious question in his life. If you've read The War for Late Night, which is sitting right across from me right now, you you will hear stories about Leno just completely disregarding panel interviews. He didn't care. He only cared about the monologue. So for him to have this heart to heart with Kanye, it's deeply uncomfortable. The whole interview is weird. And then from there, you know, Kanye retreats and he goes to Japan and he goes to Europe. And then obviously we'll talk about his time in Hawaii in just a second. But to conclude the Taylor Swift saga, there are two more moments that I found to be interesting. One in October of 2010, when Kanye goes on Ellen and Ellen asks, you know, why would you do such a thing? Why did you do this to Taylor Swift? And Kanye says, and I quote, I feel in some ways I'm a soldier of culture. And then goes on to talk about he how he will never be on stage again. He'll never sit at an award show again. And this and that and this and that. But that is October of 2010. And in September of 2010, he performed live at the VMA. So we already see Kanye's story unraveling here. But, you know, Kanye was supposedly very apologetic on the Leno show. He seemed to have mixed emotions about it. At Ellen, and then in 2013, the New York Times did a Q&A with him, and I will read this quote to you uh, verbatim, where Kanye said when he was asked about the Taylor Swift incident, it only led me to complete awesomeness at all times. It's only led me to awesome truth and awesomeness, beauty, truth, and awesomeness. That's all it is. And I, I would like to run that take by you. Is it fair to say that Kanye achieved maximum awesomeness with the Taylor <laughs> Swift interview? Yeah, he achieved epic awesomeness with this album. <laughs> I think, and it's funny because that's like the most competent he's been in a long time, is that interview. <laughs> I think that's fair. I couldn't really object to anything he said there. He made a statement. I, you know, it's hard to Snopes that. It's hard to fact check it. So in a sense, I think Kanye really did achieve maximum awesomeness there. Jake, your thoughts on the entire Kanye Taylor Swift saga is it something as a, a deeply devoted Kanye fan is it something you enjoy looking back on well okay I don't first off I I think I'm kind of a bad person to ask because uh I feel like a lot of people when they talk about this debate uh 
they like pick one of their sides. And I would say I'm a fan of both Kanye West and Taylor Swift. Um, Bipartisan, crossing the aisle. This is what I like to see in Biden's America. Thank you so much, Jake. Exactly. I'm here. I'm the guy for the job to bridge the gap. (laughs) But um, also, I would not say I am a fan of either of them as like a person wholeheartedly. It's I don't want to like hitch my wagon to either of them, but uh, I do enjoy their work. Um. That's the, and they both like so Kanye did that and we all know about it. Um, it really affected his next album, which is the one we're talking about today. Taylor Swift kind of talked about it, I think, a lot longer. Also, but that's not fair because Kanye also he he threw in the famous uh, song and music video. They've both like let it continue to be a part of their uh, like cultural presence or cultural perception. So it's just interesting. And I feel like, I don't know about you guys, I'm kind of almost like sick of it when it comes up now. Yeah, it's like the only touchstone that, you know, our parents' generation has for Kanye West. Yeah, it's true. Like I, you know, I'd play Kanye in the car for my mom and she wouldn't say a damn thing. And then then this incident happens and suddenly I'm getting questions like, why are you playing that? And it's like, and yeah, they've both like ridden that wave, that cultural wave. Yeah. And they've both like at this point have it's probably worked to both of their advantages. At I, this point, definitely. Yes. It's extended their careers, or maybe not extended their careers. It's elevated them into another stratosphere of fame that perhaps without it is not possible. I think it benefited Taylor Swift especially. I think it bought her a few more years of playing the role of America's sweetheart before the backlash set in, and then you from there you have reputation. But Taylor was such an <laughs> innocent bystander in that situation that I, I think people sympathized with her for far longer than they would have if she had just continued her award show winning dominance from 2008 through 2011. And then I think the backlash really sets in around 2014, but I think it, it sets in much, much earlier. If it's not for this incident where Taylor Swift is presented as such a good guy and heroic in such a sense for handling it so well, Kanye, on the other hand, did not really handle it so well. Like I said, he moves out of the country. He, he goes all around the world and he ends up in Hawaii, which is where he recorded 808s and Heartbreaks, the album before this for this uh, recording session for this album, he block booked the studio's three session rooms in Hawaii simultaneously 24 hours a day to work on the album. When he hit a creative wall, he would head into another studio to make progress on another song. Wes never slept full nights in the glass-enclosed mansion he had rented, opting instead to take power naps in a studio chair or a couch 90 minutes at a time. Engineers worked around the clock as Wes bounced from room to room, and the work ethic led to Wes hiring two private chefs, one for hot food and one for cold food. Caleb, we'll turn to you as the recording artist amongst us. Is this, are you impressed by any of this? Kanye, his work ethic, his dedication, his commitment to excellence, does that inspire you or astound you in any way? I think the Hawaii sessions are, is the coolest thing Kanye's ever done. I think like to put together like this Avengers of like, of like past rap legends and like future 
rap legends and like these producers like he had like he had like Virgil in the studio for no reason he had like uh, he he I don't know it's so crazy I was thinking this week about how he tried to like recreate the same thing in Wyoming mm-hmm. for for yay and all that other stuff that he was doing that summer um i would argue to a less successful result in wyoming of course yeah you're so brave for arguing that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um but it's interesting like i wonder where it, it felt like did he just have were the expectations too high is he too much in his own way now but um, did you read about like the the way they all would play basketball every every morning? <laughs> this is what I was gonna ask next. So in the the complex article that goes into great detail about everything that was being done in Hawaii, they go on to say every morning after breakfast, Kanye and most everyone else, save for Stoner Kid Cuddy and in RZA in RZA who kept his god body chiseled in the weight room that is a quote from complex everyone that, <laughs> that like, complex article is my favorite piece of music journalism <laughs> i've ever read everyone else Wait, was throwing his, what was they say about about RZA he, he keeps his god body chiseled in the weight room instead of playing basketball yep. okay Everyone else would go to the the Honolulu YMCA. They would play five or six games of 21 against locals. And then the complex article says... Against locals? I didn't know it was against locals. How does Kanye Imagine. play? Aggressively, but not to the point of being that miserably competitive dick that no one wants to play against or with. He's just bawling. This is his moment of zen. Is this the, the time you've re- related to Kanye the hardest? No, because I'm not fun to play pickup with. I don't have yeah, that moment of Zed. He's almost there, so it's like... Uh, he pushes a real fine line. Is, is there a current-day NBA comp that you feel like is... It, just picturing Kanye West play, who's the guy in the NBA that most reminds you of that aggressive, but not to a point that it's a complete turnoff way? Maybe, like, Kawhi? My first oh, thought was Joe Kim you? Noah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Russell Westbrook, but I'd like to scratch that. I'd like to go with Joe Kim Noah. I, Jake, okay. I'd like you to explain this Kawhi take because no, I, I think it hurt my feelings. Okay, weird. You shouldn't take it personally because <laughs> you don't have anything to do with him. Yeah, he's a man you've never met. But um, and I don't know. I just pictured like silently intense, and then Kawhi Leonard was the first face that I saw. You know um, what? That's fair. That's fair, yeah. Jake. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. Well, I'm not here for your approval, but um. <laughs> I just, um, Caleb, a few months ago, um, actually, I believe the week before lockdown began, <laughs> he, uh, he sent me a, a screenshot of an interview with, um, Lil Dicky, uh, talking about his FX show, Dave. Caleb is a massive Little Dicky. Oh my God. Stop. <laughs> his, um, his show got me a couple times. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. We all look, we all have. Uh, skeletons in our closet, but um, he he. There's a part in the interview because Little Dicky played pickup games with Kanye, and someone asked him uh, for a comp on Kanye, and he uh, it was Paul Millsap. He said, hmm. <laughs> "I remember now, yeah." Speaking of Dave on FX and Caleb, I can't cut this from the podcast if you would not like it in here. But I... imagine if Caleb, like, <laughs> this is where I draw the line. Yeah, imagine he's been saying up to this point just like unforgivable things. <laughs> and he texts you in two days, like, hey, can you take out the part where I said I like Dave? No, but I just remember Caleb. 
uh, I don't know if he shared a screenshot publicly or if he just texted to us of a, a picture of uh, his dad texting him <laughs> asking, have you seen Dave on FX? And Caleb said, this is like the second time he's texted me all year. <laughs> Shout out to my dad. We talk about uh, TV shows mostly, but that's my dad and we love each other. That's good um, to hear. That's, that's what I like. You, Case, you can cut this out too, but the funniest thing Caleb ever said to me is I've seen un Uncut Gems more times this year than I've seen my dad. Stop. <laughs> cut that out. No, 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 no. That's, this is real. This is and real. Being, that we're having the, the conversation. I, the first time you said that to me, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it's crazy because Adam Sandler reminds me of my dad a lot. As we get into my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, it is a hellacious album to get through. I mean, it is 13 songs, 68 minutes. It feels every minute of that. I, I think it is a heavy album to listen to. I will say up top, I do not have any complaints about the length of the songs. Wow. Now, I'm surprised. Would I have put a nine minute song on my album? No, but... This is special circumstances. I get it. I'm going to allow it. I want to say that up top as we go through this album. Wow. I will not be complaining about the length of the songs. Again, it's it's not my thing. A lot of this album isn't necessarily my thing, but I respect it. And for that, I'm going to give uh, Kanye the pass he so desperately deserves on the length of the songs. What I'm curious about before we break down this album and the, the tracks included is the runaway short film. <laughs> that was released. Uh, Caleb, was yes. it released before this album came out? I don't remember. I think it was, it might have been like day of. I'm not sure. I, you might want to check. We don't need to fact check anything. You're right. Add that I was to 12 years old. So I, I'm curious. I, I was aware of this video's existence. I know it is something that Jake had talked to me about before, but... Everything on this album is new to me. This short film that I watched this morning was uh, very much new to me. We can start with Caleb. Your thoughts on this 37-minute Kanye West multimedia project. Case, did you watch Clapping for the Wrong Reasons before, before the Because of the Internet I uh, Oh, episode? no, I, I did not. Okay. Well, Runaway is not as good as that. Um it's not a very good short film, in my opinion. But I think the 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 scene where he's playing with the NPC and she's and she like starts dancing like a bird, and you get that shot of him through the window. I think that's some that's some of the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Jake, your thoughts on the movie? I was. We have kind of a similar take where I hadn't seen. Why Caleb and I watched it last night. Also, Caleb and I live together. Um, but we're like in that, separate rooms. It's it, and it's it's crazy. Caleb almost looks like he's being held hostage by ISIS. Jake, your bedroom looks like a college bedroom. No, it looks like a man's bedroom. ISIS. It, Caleb, it looks a little hostagey. There's a there's a plant. plant. There's a beautiful <laughs> plant behind him. All right, I take it back. Fuck. All right, Jake, your thoughts on the short film. Um, yeah, you know how ISIS is always putting foliage behind. They it. care about cinematography. They do. <laughs> it's for it's for like depth of field. But do you um, think you could put those videos in your reel? 
I cinematographer. What? Sorry. Oh, if you're like a oh. yeah, 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 maybe I don't know if you're like applying to, to like I don't know film school, grad school, yeah. yeah. Um, Runaway, which we watched yesterday, hadn't watched it in a while. I I saved the take until just now, but I was like, dare I say this is a bad short film? Yeah, no. It's funny, we've been like consuming all this Kanye West content together and then just like not talking about it because we've been waiting <laughs> for the episode. But it's so yeah, true. It's like not good. And it's, I think it's so funny that it was quote unquote directed by Kanye West. Yeah, we were watching, we're like, no way. <laughs> not a chance. He was like, he was in the editing room. He's like, dude, can you turn up the blues a little bit? That's like all he did. <laughs> We were saying he was like, all right, now film the car. And then they just had to figure out what that was. <laughs> They're <meant>. like, okay. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys did not like this. I was really afraid <laughs> you were going to come on it and, and applaud it as like this film masterpiece. And it, it's not, I will say this, I'm glad I watched it. I think if you have not listened to this album, you almost need to start with the short film. I think that is the best introduction you can get because it's snippets of most of the album, if not the entire album. I I took a few issues with it. One, when the bird that Kanye, I guess is dating, uh, comes back to Kanye's mansion and she's watching the news and Kanye. This is the best part of the whole short film. (laughs) I think it's supposed to be like that. I don't think it's supposed to be. (laughs) No, this was not done as like a hint of irony. This was Kanye turning off the TV and saying, first rule in this world, baby, don't pay attention to anything you see in the news. And I think we can smash cut to the next 10 years where that turned out to be a bad thing for Kanye. True. I mean, he's... (laughs) That was supposed to be funny. It's smash cuts into the next song. Come on. I, it's just a wooden performance from Kanye. It's, no, yeah, he's like, Kanye, had some of his worst acting. For as charismatic as he is, I could not believe how bad some of his acting is. There's a shot where they're like sitting together, uh, yeah. and I, I don't remember exactly what they're discussing, but Kanye's reads were so bad. I couldn't he, believe yeah. it. It's Kanye West. He can't fake being enthused about this short film that he directed for two scenes. It was it was a disappointing moment for Kanye. I got to be honest. I don't think he's ever really been comfortable in front of a camera. Yeah. I mean, hasn't. you know, like his paparazzi snafus, that's all the same shit. Like he's not going to he's not going to give you a good Katrina, line reading. Hurricane yeah. Katrina telethon. Yeah, that is another. The the Hurricane Katrina telethon. That is another. That that is an interesting. We can't even get into that. No, because I know you've got what like an hour long take on it. Yeah, I got a whole type five on it. (laughs) Neither of those incidents was he wrong. No. (laughs) We just need to like be clear on that. No, he had the right. Beyonce did have the one of the best videos of the decade. He's right on the money with the Katrina statement. I will say that much. Yes. Anything else up for debate? Okay, whatever. As we get into the yeah. album, uh, let, let's 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 talk about the opener. Let's talk about Dark Fantasy. I fantasize about this back in Chicago. Mercy, mercy me, that mercy will I go. That's me, the first year that I blow. How you say broken Spanish, me no I blow. Me drown sorrow in that Diablo. Me found bravery in my bravado. DJs need to listen to the models. You ain't got no fucking Yeezy in Serato. Jake, Dark Fantasy sounds like a song that you would put in 
like a senior year music video, like the best moments of your senior year. That's what I took from it. I was like, oh, of course Jake's like Jake likes this. It sounds like a song that you would like if you peaked in high school. Your what are your thoughts on this opener? I think I disagree that like if I'm if I'm 17 or 18 years old, I'm sitting down and editing a video yearbook of all my friends that I'm going to put Dark Fantasy by Kanye West behind it. I thought it was very anthemic and loud. And even if the, 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 the lyrics were a little bit darker, it just seemed. If it, you think I'm putting any song besides Mr. Brightside or Hey uh, behind that video, you're out of your damn mind. It, uh, it reminds me a little bit of Pumped Up Kicks, where I think the meaning of it can be misunderstood. Caleb even... just made the funniest face. <laughs> I, I am suddenly regretting doing this podcast. I'm so you uncomfortable. Should... <laughs> you should be apprehended for just comparing that song to Foster the People. Well, okay, Caleb, what are your thoughts on I, Dark hey, Fantasy? Why is it not pump... like Foster the People? Pumped Up Kicks rules. Continue. Well, I... <laughs> I look, I don't know anything about Foster the People. Okay. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> you got me. All right. This song, it rules. Okay. What an opener. Yes. That, like, oh my God, it's so theatrical. Nikki's voice at the beginning coming off, coming off of Pink Friday that came out like, what, a week before? Indeed. Awesome. And everyone's like, who, who is this? And then she shows up on Monster and it's like, mm -hmm. oh that's who she is right but yeah this song um you know it's what he was talking about in that complex interview where he was like i want you know the soul samples from college dropout from late registration but i want and i want 808s and i want some wu-tang drums in this song those drums those are wu-tang drums like yeah the riz's hands are all over this thing yeah. It rules. Yeah, he took those hands right off the weights and he put them right in the song. <laughs> Let me be clear. I love this song. I think it's yeah. such a terrific opener. I, I, I think just because Kanye has become so far removed from perhaps his earlier sound and has become so removed from the earth that we live on that it's easy for me to forget, like, oh, that's right, Kanye's one of the best rappers of all time. Like, this dude, this dude kills it. Uh, consistently and I think it's impressive even if you go into track two gorgeous where Raekwon is on this song and Kanye gives three full not a plus but three full coordinated verses before passing it off to Raekwon like for him to step up to the plate like that granted he doesn't have to follow him but for Kanye to put in that much work it's impressive I, I I was really liking the beginnings of this album Caleb where do you stand on track two I think Gorgeous is uh, some of Kanye's best uh, lyrical stuff before he fell off the edge. Um, <laughs> never to return. <laughs> never to return. Still waiting. Uh, Caleb, but what's, he, what's your point where, Colum, he, where, uh, where Kanye falls off the edge? Is it this album? Is it what follows? When, when do you disassociate yourself with Kanye? Uh, well... Jake and I are going to get in a huge argument if you ask me this please, question. <laughs> please, let's do it. I think he falls off with Life of Pablo, but I think lyrically, like, he's been declining since, like, late registration. But, I mean, you know, falls off at, at Life of Pablo. But this song, very, like, we just watched a, a, a freestyle he did on Funk Flex with Pusha T, um, like, the week before this album came out. And he raps the the whole song just like in one 
thing and it it kills and it's it's a really solid verse however he gets washed by raekwon really that verse at the end oh my god yeah yeah uh, Caleb, I noticed you did make a face when I said Kanye is one of the greatest rappers of all time. Is that something you disagree with? Uh, I think when I when someone says rapper, I think about like rapping yeah. ability, and that's just like a technicality in my head. Like artist, yes, but when I'm thinking about rappers, I think I, I'm with you. I feel like rapper. he has, and this is this is like the. Everyone it's a stupid take. conversation. Yeah, no, like everyone has this take where you're like, yeah, he's awesome, but he's like not that good at. Like he doesn't sound great. He says he's that. never really been like a great rapper. Like yeah, ever. I think that's fair. I, I I will I will concede that point. I I think that's reasonable. Uh, track three, power. As Kanye said in a radio interview, a song like power took five thousand hours, literally five thousand man hours, uh, uh, to complete a song like this and to complete a record like this. I, I will say I think this is one of perhaps the greatest pop songs ever recorded. Is, is that a Jake? you you I think fit a little bit more into the pop music uh, Venn diagram between the three of us. Is Definitely. that a fair assessment? Do the three of us combined create Kanye West? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to uh, do we want to <laughs> jump into that? Yeah, would you like to explore that? Because I certainly <laughs> don't have any thoughts on it. No, I, that's not. I don't. That's what we're here that. for. Um, Jake's yeah, no, just goofing I, around. He's just, hey, he's just having some fun. I, I do think you are correct. Where I probably I like pop music the most of the three of us, um, and um, so take that. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, power is like perfect, perfect single, perfect played on the radio. It still gets played at like every NBA game. If you go and you're like, if you go to a Bulls game uh, pre-COVID, obviously, but like if you go like. Hey, we have to say it pretty cool, but obviously. <laughs> hey, look, we're, we're, wait, we're not, we're not look, going we're to not NBA going. games. <laughs> look, I want to make it clear to everyone, we are not currently attending NBA games. Um, I, I would. <laughs> you would? <laughs> hey, I think about it. <laughs> Guys, think... it's a late, we're doing a late night podcast, okay? This is yeah. just how it goes. Is this the latest ever recorded art school albums? Uh, uh no, I, I I did one at like ten Eastern once, not to not to flex. Okay. Uh, so it's gonna be before we're done. Yeah, yeah I know. I, we're I going guess. to we're going to we're going it, baby. I will say but, if, um, if the Bulls were like, hey, it's thirty percent capacity at an NBA game this year, nobody can sit within five rows of you, and the Pacers come to town. I'd it's like going to the it. grocery store. Yeah, hey, yeah, it's like going to the grocery. <laughs> hey, we all got to do it. I mean, we're all going to the grocery like, store. It's like going to the grocery <laughs> store, except there are all stars there. <laughs> There's all stars on the Bulls. If the Pacers, Wendell Carter Jr. is yeah. putting it together this year. I love that kid's foundation. He just needs confidence. How you feel about that draft pick, Jason Williams, six man of the year, and he's getting drafted number four. I uh, I I read on the Ringer the comp to him was PJ Tucker, and I I stand PJ Tucker. I think he's actually one of the most entertaining guys to watch in the league. So if he turns out like that, then all of a sudden you know you got a you got a Windy City madman right here. I'm gonna be the biggest Bulls fan yeah. there is. <laughs> the greatest Bull of all time, Zach Levine. <laughs> oh, Caleb, your thoughts on power? I agree with Jake. I I just it, it's almost hard to analyze because I just think it's perfectly done. I think you can like just hear all the work that was put in and mm-hmm. just like the arrangement. It's, it's like, it's like the most anthemic rap song I've probably ever heard. Yeah. Um, 
I will say I played a lot of Saints Row 3 as a yes, kid. Yes, yes. And this song was in it, so yes, I kind of grew tired of it. Uh, so when I listen to it now, I don't think of Saints Row 3, but it's just like a song I've heard a lot. So I definitely think of the Saints Row 3 trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of run its course, but... I'm curious, like, what's your familiarity with this song? Why is this like the only one you're familiar with? Is it I, just because it's a pop song? I, I guess I'm not sure because I don't I don't know where I had heard it for the first time. Again, I thought in my mind I was like, oh, this is coupled with Stronger, and they're both on that album because I I knew that Power had a really strenuous recording process, and I knew Stronger was the same, so I kind of just assumed they were the same session. Finding out that they weren't surprised me a little bit. But yeah, I just think this song is is inescapable. It is it is much like the beef that Kanye West has developed with uh, a little show. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, Saturday Night Live. And in this what? song, Kanye West says, fuck SNL and the whole cast. Tell yeah. them Yeezy said they can kiss my whole ass. It seems like we've got a little bit of a beef history between Kanye and SNL. These two just can't seem to escape the, each other. <clears throat> I mean... <laughs> They make jokes about him, so he raps about him. Like it's just he was on us. He was on us in a hundred times after that. Yeah, he performed. He performed like Runaway. He on SNL like promoting right. his album. They were like happy to have him. <laughs> I, I've, I'm not saying there was a cold war. No, I think between beef, SNL I think and Kanye. Beef history is like the best way to put it. Um, shout out Secret Base YouTube channel, but. <laughs> their their beef history videos that's like the perfect way to put it where like there's like a weird energy between these two entities um it doesn't mean they hate each other but like there's this strange like back and forth between them yeah i think that's a good way to put it. the real beef is south park yes oh, please please explain caleb i'm unfamiliar with a lot of the kanye west south park beef i know it comes up a little bit in this album but but please sure do you have is. any information well choke a south park writer with a fish stick it's all there. Have you, you seen that South Park episode, Case? No, I, I did not know there was a South Park episode about Kanye. Case written by Bill Hader. You got to check it out. Oh, my God. Well, I love that guy. Yeah. It's not that interesting. They just made an episode about where they made fun of him, and he uh, obviously didn't like that. So... All of the lights is what follows. We're on this kind of miracle run here of songs where you get power followed by all of the lights, which I don't think I'd ever heard before, which shocks me because not only wow. is Rihanna collaborating on it and it's in the, the long list of great Rihanna features. I think run this town. I think live your life with TI. I think Rihanna adds just such a, a tremendous uh, feature to so many great hip hop songs. I'll even throw in love the way you lie with Eminem. I was waiting for <laughs> it. <laughs> I like that song. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And all of the lights again. I, is this, is this like a big hit? Am I in the minority of people that, <laughs> am, that don't know this? I'm astounded. You don't know. It's this song. so crazy that you haven't heard this song. It's also, huge. Caleb, list off the features. It's Disney. It doesn't stop at Rihanna. It's insane. He's got Elton John on this thing. He's got Alicia Keys. He's got Swiss Beats for some Fergie, reason. Fergie, Tiana Taylor, Kid Cudi's on it. Um, it's a really yeah. impressive song, and I and I guess I should have asked this up top. Do you guys remember this album coming out in real time, or is it something you guys? you know discovered later because i think my entire life i kanye has been famous and i've i've known who kanye was but at this point in my life in 2010 where i'm 11 years old 
really into grunge music and really rallying against uh, the top 40 charts, wanting to, to let my classmates know I'm actually a little bit different than you guys. I actually like real music. I just missed this release uh, upon inception. Is this something that you guys were following in real time? Jig. Um, I probably, at, when this came out, would have heard the singles. Um, definitely knew the singles. Uh, also knew like the album cover, um, probably saw it in like my iTunes library. Cause I'm sure my brother was like, this is awesome. But, um, no, Hey, fun fact. My brother, now a Drake Stan does awesome. not like Kanye. But, um, my favorite memory of Jake's brother. Our yeah, shout out, shout bad. out my brother, Joe loves Post Malone, Drake, <laughs> Frank Ocean. I just remember I Jake, would expect Jake walking up to me once freshman year of college and going, my brother just texted me Post Malone, beer box and Bentley's album of the year and i love that take so much it was like the week beer bongs and bentley came out <laughs> I, I don't know if he Friday. maintained i think it was the day it came out i don't know if he maintained that opinion but he did i he made it might have jumped the gun a little bit but he loves himself in post malone and i enjoy a little post malone every now and then i think he's inoffensive i have no issue with him i you know, i'd like to hang out with posty i think it'd be a good yeah. combination i what, what i'm a, what i'm afraid of is perhaps monsters and the song monster i gotta be honest it's the first low point in the album for me. Wasn't a fan, and I think a lot of that is, and I, I will be very frank about it. Wow. I'm not entertained by Nicki Minaj. I don't, I don't wow. like her at all. And I was shocked to hear Caleb uh, giving her such immense praise earlier on wow. in the show. So, uh, Caleb Monster, what are your thoughts? I Before we get into Monster, you, you asked us like if we were aware of this. Oh, yes, I'm now. sorry, yes that's yeah it's okay um we so yes when this was like this was like right when i was starting to pay attention to like stuff that was coming out um and the good friday singles which we didn't talk about before but i think deserve like a mention um like he dropped like a version of devil in a new dress that didn't have rick ross on it and all these like in christian dior denim flow which is like uh, better than a lot of the songs on my Beatles Dark Twist Fantasy, I think. Um, so that was like, that was like a new way of like building up hype. He was just like dropping stuff on his website. And if people liked it, he would take it down and then release it as a single and make a bunch of money off of it, which was so cool. Um, awesome. I love that he and so much money. I'm so happy that Kanye is rich. <laughs> Every day I wake up and I think, what a fucking boss sorry <laughs> no. and monster was one of those songs uh that he released as a single um and dude this that jay-z verse is so bad it's awful i agree it's, it's one of it's probably his worst verse love uh, <laughs> that's i can't get enough of it, it. He, so he opens the verse talking about just different kinds of of like monsters he's like yeah this will this will get him he made Pusha T rewrite his runaway verse like nine times but you hear Jay-Z do that and he was like that's good sure. uh, you guys know Jay-Z's my guy I I love him I think his work before he met Beyonce is the greatest you know rap music ever recorded but Jay-Z's verse is unacceptable everybody wants to know what my Achilles heel is love, love. I don't get enough of it it is just unacceptable i as, also as... just like thematically does not match the song mm -mm. i think he was in new york i think everyone else was in hawaii and he was like <laughs> i got you from new york 
it shows but uh, not caleb, on the same page caleb you are a big fan of the Nicki minaj uh verse jake i'm curious do you share the same sentiments as caleb caleb's a big fan of that verse and so is like culture yeah. at large <laughs> like there's like there was a history caleb probably knows it better than i do but the story i've heard is kanye heard the verse from Nicki and thought about taking it off the album because he said I didn't want people saying the greatest rap verse on the greatest rap album of all time was someone other than me. Like <laughs> he like didn't love the song and and then there was like the ego thing also because he released it like I said before and it, he didn't even plan on putting it on the album but people loved that verse so much that they like rallied it onto the album and I think if you dislike that verse it's, like yeah. like what's up well i just i i don't i don't like her i have never been a fan i i I will i will try to resume with an open mind but i guess go back to it with an open mind but Nicki minaj has one i've always directly associated her with bedrock by young money which as i've talked about that was what i was like oh that's the that's i know hip-hop's not for me anymore i don't i don't care for any of these people caleb is so upset right now and i just i've never i've never understood her appeal i i don't get it i i don't find her to be entertaining in any way and and i was just not into was her verse i'm sorry okay like okay well, no, I mean, Caleb, you know, let's, let, we're having a conversation. I, well, I don't, it's, the just conversation. Like, it's just, I, I like, I, I don't, I don't want to like dig into like why you dislike Nicki Minaj. Like that's, I'm I, sure it's, it's, it's purely talent based. I have no issue. She's so talented. You like she's Nicki so Minaj talented. outside of this song. I think she, I think she's a great rapper. I think she's marketed herself really well. I think she struggles to make good albums I think she makes some really solid pop music. Uh, yeah, I think Young Money owes her a lot for keeping them relevant. Um, yeah, that's it. That's that's enough. I think that's that's a fair take. I'm just I'm personally uh, not not impressed with that. Wasn't impressed with her. Wasn't impressed with the Jay Z verse. But I do think Jay redeems himself on so appalled, which I, I thought was a step in the right direction coming from monster jake your thoughts on this song um to me not as good as monster not one of my favorites on the album but i will say i like every song in this album this is like a top five album all time for me so i like the song but it's yeah it's and and you know me like i said i like pop music i like the more anthemic songs like i love runaway i love power i love um devil in a new dress um yeah this one's just like it's not geared for me. No, not one, not one of my favorites. But I, I think it does its job. Caleb, where, where are we at with this one? Um, in the same way that Jake loves uh, anthemic music and pop music, I love dudes rapping. <laughs> uh, and this, that's what, that's what this song is. And uh, honestly, this is the song that I go back to and replay the most. Um, to me, the song is just so replayable. Uh, I think, I think the Pusha T verse on here, what's great about this Pusha T verse is that he, instead of like, instead of like, cause this whole album is about Kanye, like composing all these different people to do like certain things and to fill in certain puzzle pieces, but he kind of just lets Pusha go on and rap about, you know, cocaine, like he does. Yeah. Um, 
and it's awesome. It's a really good verse. And the Psy High story where he just like tagged his verse on at the end and Kanye liked it enough to keep it on there. Um, I think there's some really, some in the beat rules. The beat rules, I agree with everything, awesome. everything you said. I like the Pusha T verse a lot. And then RZA coming in with that final chorus. I think it actually pushes this song to a, a, a new level of like, oh my God, like, yeah, by the end of this, it's, it, it it's a lengthy song, and I think you feel the length of it. It's not one that necessarily uh, uh, flies by like a power where you can have it on repeat over and over again, at least for me. But when RZA comes in at the end, I yeah, it's it's magnificent, quite honestly. Um, we were talking earlier about Kanye West not being like a great rapper in the technical sense. I don't. I'll be. I like. I don't know near as much about rap as Caleb, um, but in my mind like from what little I know, Pusha T is like one of the best technical rappers ever. I don't know about ever, but uh, in, I, like, again, the, I have in, like the modern, very, in the modern era, sure, yeah. I have a very like surface level like like knowledge of rappers. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, oh, he's, yeah, he's good at that. Yeah, and I mean, you can see the difference when they're on yeah. songs together, especially mm-hmm. so appalled. Like he comes in and it's like, oh, this is, this is what he does. Kanye mm-hmm. is like an, a producer, composer, all that stuff. But yeah. Hey, I don't want to get a clowned on on the internet for a take. I'm know? not I'm not afraid of that, Jake. I spit takes and I accept the uh, the bullying that ensues. But I think we're I all going to be yeah, on the I same don't page. Like that. <laughs> what, yeah. what, go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was, I was just going to say I don't want to be like that guy on Twitter who said uh, Run the Jewels had the three best the run the, the best run of three straight hip hop albums ever. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. there were just so many responses. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough take. That one, uh, I, I'm not going to stand by that. I, I will say one take that I think we're, we're in agreement, at least to some extent. I think Devil in a New Dress is phenomenal. Uh, put your hands to the constellations. The way you look should be a sin. You my sensation. I know I'm preaching to the congregation. We love Jesus, but you done learned a lot from Satan. <laughs> I mean, a nigga did a lot of waiting. We ain't married, but tonight I need some consummation. May the Lord forgive us. May the gods be with us. In that magic hour, I seen good Christians make brass decisions. Oh, she do it. What happened to religion? Oh, she lose it. She put it on a We haven't done it yet, but I think we should shout out Mike Dean uh, and Anthony Kilhoffer. These guys, like, kind of the masterminds behind Kanye in just like arrangement of these songs like Mike Dean did that guitar solo that goes on for so long before Rick Ross's verse and it's awesome like it's so long but it's awesome awesome. um and then yeah I mean you put Rick Ross on your song it's a good song he's just he's just so listenable and just he's great Jake, what are your in the, thoughts here? In the beat. Oh, my God. Um, oh, in the, I, in the beat. In the, the Smokey Robinson sample. It's, I was, it's, that's it's, like it's, it's so good. It's so good. Jake, go ahead. That's my favorite part of the song is the Smokey Robinson sample. Um, yeah. I love Smokey Robinson. Um, I love that era of music. It's awesome. I, 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 will, I will say it up top. This is the best song on the album. I think it is. Don't, 
one Don't of hate the take. one of the best Kanye songs. I put it up there with "All Falls Down," "Jesus Walks," "Stronger." I I really is that your Mount Rushmore? Uh, uh, I don't hold me to it. I, I'd have to, I'd have to look at some of the track listings, but it's, it's a rough draft at the very least. I'm starting to, I'm starting to, to chisel some granite there, but I, it's not complete yet, but it is really, I, you know, with the sample with Rick Ross, who I think just kills it at the end and, and the entire thing, it is a side of rap music that I really like. And it's a side of Kanye that I really like. I think he's really stripped back here. I think even if the lyrical content is, isn't necessarily incredibly introspective or vulnerable. I think the way he approaches this song to me is far more interesting than even what follows, which is runaway where I think, you know, during runaway Kanye goes back to being the loudest guy in the room and the guy that needs to have this attention. And I think with Dell in a new dress, he's, he's a little bit more subdued and a little bit more laid back. And I think that version of him is really interesting and it's something that can't be put back in the bottle. I mean, he was somehow able to tap into it here, but Kanye in his current existence will never get another song like this. It's just, it, it, he doesn't, he doesn't have yeah. the mental capacity to approach a song like this, which is really a shame. Um, I think it's, um, I can't believe it took this long, but I'm about to do something, uh, that I should have done a while ago, and that's compare Kanye West to Rivers Cuomo. Mm. Um, <laughs> it, I have this thing with Rivers Cuomo, and I wonder if it's the same with Kanye West, where because their older work is so superior to their like newer work. And with Rivers, I'm convinced it's not that he can't do that anymore. It's just that he has no interest in doing that again. I think Rivers Cuomo, anytime he wanted, could like write another Buddy Holly or write a like undone sweater song. And he's just like not interested in that. I think he wants to make like dance pop weird. And I'm just like, does Kanye, I, could he make another, maybe not an album like this one, but could he make another like classic song? And it's just that he chooses not to. I'm like mostly with you, but I, I think like we mentioned earlier, the fact that he like went out to Wyoming and he like tried to put tried, together a team yeah. again. It felt like he was trying to do that again. Yeah, and he just couldn't. Mm -hmm. He just couldn't. Yeah, I mean, he's, and he's his the sound he's going for now is so different that in my head I'm like, but like, yeah, could he? Could he? Yeah, but I know. know maybe yeah. he maybe he's just going for something else now. But yeah, I think that take from both of you guys is really fair. This is the point in the podcast where I'll compare Kanye West to Morrissey. Let's not, not, not this. I, I don't care about the, the personal thing. I'm not listening to Morrissey speedway off of Vauxhall and I going, oh my God, his thoughts on Brexit. I can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> uh, same deal. I just, I, yeah, Kanye. You, you, you should, you should have that reaction. Just Kanye, I think he's ultimately probably pretty destructive. I, I, it bums me out to see him act the way he does but it's i don't it's we're talking about the album i don't i don't care right now but i think what jake said about rivers cuomo is entirely apt to morrissey as well where this is he created some of the greatest songs ever and you see traces of it in his more recent releases uh, less so on world peace is none, of, is none of your business but more so on low in high school where a song like home is a question mark that is vintage morrissey like he's doing everything that he does well but it's interspliced with a guy that just sounds like he's a little bit bored in the studio. And I think the same thing can be said for Kanye West. It's also a lot of what makes this album so great is because it's so circumstantial. And 
everything yes. leading up to the, like yeah what is it yeah is he gonna drop the greatest album we've ever heard about losing in the 2020 president like, like yeah we don't want to hear that yeah so it, so yeah. Let, let's talk about this in relation to runaway and i always find yeah I always find something wrong you've been putting up with my shit just way too long i'm so gifted at finding what i don't like the most now now jake i know uh, this is your ballpark this is your song uh, I, I, you made me watch the VMA performance of this once. I left. Thinking, oh, did I? Yeah. I, I was going to ask if you did. I, I remember thinking like, it's fine. And then I rewatched it today. I was like, it's fine. But uh, Jake, this is a nine minute song, but I, I'm going to sure move is. past that. Right in what, my ballpark. What, what are your thoughts on Runaway? Um, Runaway is beautiful. It's, it is unique in Kanye West's discography for how he approaches songwriting and how he decides to depict himself. It's one of, I think, I mean, I, I might be talking out of my, my big old butt here, but I think it's like the only time in his career he has like dropped the image he's going for. And like this idea he has, like every song needs to fit this thing I'm going for in this album, this like image, this perception. I think it's the only time he's ever just throw out all of his emotions on a song. Um, I think people who know more about music theory can explain why it's like an, like a genius composition. Um, but it's like, I think it's gorgeous. I think it's the lyrics are incredible. Um, it's, 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 hey, it's like he had two glasses of wine and he said, I'm going to be honest on this one. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's like a top three song all time. <laughs> oh my god! Well, before we get yeah. some, before, it's before hey we break that down, it's it's hey ya, it's hey ya, run away, and then I have to think about number three. Uh, by the end of the podcast, I'd like the third greatest song of all time. Okay. Caleb, I'll your thoughts on Run Away? We were listening to it, Jake and I. Blaine was there, but Jake and I were listening. Blaine we were was listening. The, yeah. yeah. Blaine, uh, by the way, we'll get to it later, really likes Chris Rock's bit in Blaine Game. <laughs> of course. It's his favorite part of the album, probably. <laughs> guy, the guy just loves comedy. Um, yeah, we were listening to it in the car, and I was just thinking, like, like, what if I made this? Like, what, <laughs> like, like, what kind of headspace do you have to be in to make something like this? Like, it just, I was just like, blown away the idea but, of, of watching any kanye thing be like what if i did that it's not like that though it's no like, i know what I know. if <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's insane but yeah just like the you're i will echo everything you said just like the genius of the composition um the the the, the crazy thing is like the way the song is structured, like you, it's being built in real time. He's like, 
it's like he's making the beat live, which is why the live performances are so amazing. It's why that the, when he went on tour and the VMA's performance, so he's he's got the MPC is yeah. is to me some of the coolest shit I've ever seen. Um, yeah, that song is incredible, um, and I don't know what there is to say about it that hasn't already or yeah that hasn't already been said. That's true. Uh, top. I'm with you, like top three song ever. Well, top, like, 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 yeah, yeah, top three song ever. Yeah, st- stand, stick with your guns. I really fought myself with this song, fought with myself with this song because I, I think there's a, a a part of it that I just. I'm just like I, I I'm not I'm not necessarily enthralled by let's have a toast for the douchebags let's have a toast for the assholes I, I I think a lot of that is is corny to an extent I'm not super into it but I, the more I listen to the song I came away thinking like this is this is Jordan in Game Six of the 1998 NBA Finals and it's just it's everything that Kanye was and he put it into this song. And whatever comes after, including the songs on this album, everything after this is a different Kanye. This is the culmination of everything that he had been building towards since he produced Izzo on Jay-Z's Blueprint. And it all comes together here. And so even if it is not my favorite song on the album, not a Kanye song I really like, it wouldn't be in my 100 favorite songs of all time, there is an undeniable greatness to the song that I eventually had to say, Case, get over yourself. It's it's hard to poke a lot of holes in this song because it is it is unbelievable. I, I mean, it is really a magnificent composition. And while it is not one that I'll be turning to like a power or a devil in a new dress or even so appalled or all of the lights, it's really, really impressive but unfortunately, I think the album, not that it falls off a cliff, but what follows uh, does not spark the same innovation and does not exactly inspire me. And I think Hell of a Life is the low point of low points on this album. 100% the worst yeah, song on the album. I, I think we're all, we okay, all agree that, on that. That makes me feel <laughs> so much better because I, like, I, I thought the yeah. Iron Man sounding chorus where he kind of takes that harmony and, and rolls with it. Maybe harmony is not the right word. Maybe I'm thinking of melody. I think I'm thinking of melody. It's it's bad. This, this is a what bad do you, what, do you, what do you call the noise that's... <laughs> What is that? I, I, I'm not sure. That's a melody. Yeah. It's well, a melody. It's a, it's a melody, but it's, it's, I, I thought the song was bad. I, I was struggling to find anything redeeming about this. Caleb, do you agree? I, yeah, I think I'd even, I'd go as far as to say like, this is, it's, it's not a good song. It's a bad song. Um, but like Jake earlier, you were saying like every song here is good. I think that's yeah, the case, I, except for this one. I'm going to go ahead and say, um, I'm going to be like really pretentious for a second, but the album's called My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And to have that song run away immediately followed by like, to have him and be like his most personal and his most in depth, followed by like the most materialistic, like surface level, shallow. That's true. Is like a part of the larger picture. I, yeah. I'm, I'm never going to put on like Hell of a Life when I'm like, I wake up when I'm taking a shower, I'm getting ready for my Zoom class, and I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. But I think it has its place. Yeah, I like, I've I've taken it out of context 10 years later, but if you put it in that project, 
it makes a lot of sense. Like I was reading something about uh, how Runaway is him like wiping the slate clean and then Hell of a Life is him jumping right back into it and then Lost in the World or Blame Game and the Lost in the World. Like it's him like jumping in and out of these different relationships and Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Jake, I I think that is a really good point. And that is a context that I had not necessarily prescribed to this song. Now, I still don't like it, but I think it's far more defensible in that light that you just shine on it. So so well done there. And then MVP of the pod. Well, you know, I think think blame game (laughs) is where we enter. (laughs) (laughs) There's three people here. I get sixth man of the year. What does that make me? I was gonna say when you said Runaway is like uh, <laughs> when Runaway is like uh, ninety eight game six Jordan does that when Bill Simmons like put down his pistol and pick up a shotgun and like <laughs> cock. I think for blame game and for Lost in the World I think we now enter this Jordan on the Wizards territory where perhaps there's some some greatness in here but it's just <laughs> it's just not the same and I, I'm curious before we talk about the Chris Rock bit and I, we're going to carve out a good 45 minutes to talk about Chris Rock but this song do you guys read it as Kanye being very surface level talking about a relationship with another person or do we feel like this is Kanye talking about his relationship with the entertainment industry and fame and such. Jake, what are your thoughts on this? Um, This isn't even my own opinion. I've just heard this from like all the, there's like a million podcasts that like are like audio essay podcasts about this album. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry to break the news that you're not the first. You you thought this is the first one? (laughs) That's not what I was saying. Um, Anyway. Um, I think that's a larger theme within the album is like, you could point at like, uh, he'll be like, Runaway is about, yeah, the Taylor Swift incident, but also it's about my love life. And also it's about how I feel being like, like, uh, what's the word, uh, manipulated by the entertainment industry. It's also about like a spiritual thing. So uh, yeah, I think Blame Game is like no different. It's about literally his relationship with Amber Rose, uh, figuratively his relationship with, the music industry, society, fans after the Taylor Swift incident, all of it. Caleb, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think I think a lot of this stuff, a lot of the songs on here, like this one in in Runaway, and I think they they're him taking on that like that burden that Michael Jackson had of like being torn down by the media and it's almost like after mike died he he like took it upon himself of like i'm gonna defend myself or or the perspective of michael jackson especially since he was also torn down around the same time after the incident it's really bold to see michael jackson die then to go i'm gonna fill his shoes and yeah, I'm. Yeah. I, I, Kanye, though. Here's here's what I wondered. I I want you guys to help me with this because, like, when Dave Chappelle talks about how manipulating and and twisted, for lack of a better word, the entertainment industry is, and how they will deliberately try to break these people, I feel great empathy for him, and I want to see him succeed. But when Kanye talks about the same things, 
it just doesn't draw that emotional response for me. I'm certainly not saying like, well, this is what you signed up for. Put on a song and dance. But I just I have trouble feeling bad for Kanye. I feel like he's walked himself into a lot of these traps and then ask us to save him after he's, you know, he's already swam too deep. So I, I just I struggle with Kanye as a person because I, I want to like him, but I think he's uh, too much trouble at times. I don't think he's concerned with your opinion. I think I don't think he's asking anything of you. Well, no, not me specifically, payroll. but I I think Kanye will will release an album and then people won't like it and he'll go, <clears throat> "Why don't you guys like my masterpiece?" It's it's absurd to think that Kanye is just doing this for his own creative benefit. He's clearly wanting to elicit a reaction and elicit love from all of the people that consume his work and when it doesn't happen, I think he goes off the deep end and becomes very vengeful and very spiteful about it. And it's just, he's not, he's not a fun person to root for. Whereas someone like Chappelle who went through a lot of similar things. Like I love the fact that Dave Chappelle is once again, the king of comedy. I think it's great. I think it's a tremendous story. Uh, Kanye, if he makes a comeback in and puts forth another brilliant, critically acclaimed album, great. I'll enjoy it as a, I'll enjoy it as a consumer, but I won't, like fist pumpy, like, ah, that guy figured it out. Good for him. To me, those are separate issues. Like the issue of, of ego in, in like having these great expectations for these albums that are subpar and the issue of being like destroyed by popular culture in like, in, in media. I think, I think both can be true. I think his downfall is both of those things working separately. I think that's that's entirely fair. Jake, do you have anything else to add on that, or do you want to close out? All right, I guess do we want to talk about the Chris Rock thing now? I want to talk about the Chris Rock thing. <laughs> Jake, you have the floor. Talk about the Chris Rock thing. Um, Blaine and I were talking about it today, and we were just like trying to figure out like maybe one of you guys knows. Maybe when you guys did research, we were like. What was the writing? Did Chris Rock write this and have to go to Kanye for notes? Like, did Kanye give him like, this is what I want you to write? Did he just write it for him? Like, like how did this happen? Caleb, you might know a little bit more than me. If you know anything, you want to shed some light on this? I don't actually know, um, but I, I, I speculate that this was like almost 100% Kanye's idea because <laughs> Because the whole concept is like Yeezy taught me. Like, yeah, we're was, saying like there's no way that Chris Rock was like, and then I yeah. keep, and I keep asking who taught you these things. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but I mean, Chris Rock was in Hawaii for a while. True. Um, and he was part of the whole process, so it probably came pretty naturally. But I'm sure Kanye was like, dude, can you do like three minutes at the end of this song? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we watched. That is my understanding of it as Kanye asked him to do this and Chris Rock was thrilled and said that, you know, he, he yeah. did this, you know, quicker than scripts he's he's paid to do. And he was so excited to be a part of this masterpiece. I will say I don't <laughs> think it added anything to the album and arguably detracted. I didn't totally get it, but maybe I'm in the minority. It's distracting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it does bring you to another because Blaine had, I don't think had heard it before when we, um, Earlier this year, we, we visited Blaine's parents in Tennessee and we took a drive from Chicago to Tennessee and we listened to 
my beautiful dark twisted fantasy in the car and it was one of those things that we were on like hour five of a road trip i'm driving caleb is like kind of nodding off in the back and blaine was in the passenger seat and he's almost out and we'd listen to like i think five songs without anyone saying anything because we're all just in that like zone on a road trip and then when chris rock started talking i think blaine like woke up was like what (laughs) (laughs) it's distressing i think caleb saying it's distracting is is very well put it's just I, I, you know i mean it's it's much like the way jake contextualized hell of a life where i'm glad it's on the album even if it's not for me i'm glad it's included i do think in a weird way that it adds to this uh, convoluted masterpiece that i'm not even sure i like all that much but i really respect what they're going for and i think that's apparent as we kind of round out the album here with lost in the world and who who will survive in america I think, you know, Jake, episode one, I criticized Weezer's Pinkerton for ending on such a soft note. Caleb, you were on the podcast earlier, couldn't find a lot to like in King Cruel, but that's okay. That is one of the three most listened to episodes of this podcast, so it was obviously good enough. But God, imagine the numbers this episode will do. (laughs) No, it's already done. Everybody's everybody's done a podcast about this already. Nobody needs (laughs) nobody needs more of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. That's the vibe I've got over the last hour. Thanks a lot. Yeah, but this no one has had the titans of art school albums come. <laughs> I, I think these these final two songs they feel appropriately big. I don't think you know "Lost in the World" is necessarily great. I, I I in fact actually find it to be really corny at times. You know him listing off opposites, which is a trope that I that I I don't like in anything. I think bands that are you know like Cold Sun or or Freezing Summer. I, I hate I hate the opposites being put together like that. And I you know Kanye saying that this was a poem that he wrote to Kim Kardashian. I, you know it just listed you know you're my devil, you're my angel, you're my heaven, you're my hell. I think that's incredibly lazy songwriting. But once we get through that, I think it picks up and I think it fail, feels once again uh, very climactic. And it's an interesting way to end an interesting album. Jake, how do we feel about the way this thing closes out? Yeah, um, I'm a big Boney Vare fan. Yeah. It samples Boney Vare's The Woods. Um, uh, so that's very cool. Um, I, you know how, um, so the Who Will Survive in America ends with um, like a light smattering of applause. And it's supposed to be this thing of like, he just, he just delivered like what he believes to be the greatest rap album of all time. And it's like this anticipatory, like, just like light little clap. And I don't even have a larger point other than another 2010 album that I love. Congratulations by MGMT also ends with a light smattering of applause. And they are kind of similar themes where they're both making a a point about uh, how they're like sticking to their guns. And this is a great artistic achievement, but they expect like not this celebratory uh, reaction. And I just think that's cool that those two albums came out the same year, probably didn't know about each other when they're making them. Kale, how do we feel about how this closes out? I lost in the world is my favorite song in the album. Uh, yeah, I, th- um, it's just always the, the, like the, the bony bear sample or interpolation. Um, I think the production on this is crazy. I think you're right in saying that like the, the songwriting isn't impressive. Although the tidbit that uh, it's a poem to Kim is cool to me. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, Cause like 
he married her and had kids with her. He did that. Yeah, oh, he did hindsight that. is twenty twenty. I asked Caleb right before we started recording, I said, Caleb, what's your love life like? And he said, don't worry about it. So I can only it's... assume that he's cooking up some some poems to email off to people to then turn into his next uh, musical endeavor. Caleb, are you a big, big poem guy? I'm just sending a lot of emails right now. Um, you like sending them to Alia Shockett? I, you know, I, I would. <laughs> You had her. If you had her, <laughs> if I had, if anyone, guys, if anyone has Alia Shawkat's email, <laughs> you can reach me. My email is uh, <laughs> say it, coward. It's my name at gmail.com. It's very simple. That uh, that takes us to the end of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Uh, this album. Is of course notable, notable not only for the nine out of ten it received from the NME and the four out of four from USA Today, but of course the ten out of ten from Pitchfork. It was the first time that website had given an album the perfect score since 2002, and it was another ten years before they gave another album a ten out of ten. It was Fiona Apple's "Fetch the Bolt Cutters" from earlier in 2020 that received the perfect score. Real quick. Do either of you guys have thoughts on Fetch the Bolt Cutters? That's not for us to talk about. <laughs> what do you want us to start talking about Fetch the Bolt Cutters? I, don't, I just, you know, I like Fiona Apple. I love her first two albums. And I listened to Fetch the Bolt Cutters. I was like, it's fine. I, you know, not perfect, but it's a pretty good album. I'm not going to finish in my top 10, but what can you do? But but it did, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy did receive a 10 out of 10 from Pitchfork. Very recently, when Rolling Stone did the 500 greatest albums of all time, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy finished 17th, and Pitchfork said it was the second best album of the 2010s. I asked you guys, is this a 10 out of 10 record? And we will start with Caleb. Yes. <laughs> Kanye has made four 10 out of 10 albums, and this is one of them. I would like to hear the other three. Wow, he's made four 10 out of 10s. I think. Can I, I think guess this, what Caleb's are? Yes. Yeah. Go for it. Do you think it's uh, this? I know uh, your favorite Kanye album is Yeezus. That's not true. Okay. It's this one. <laughs> um, th but is Yeezus one of the tens? Yes. Yeezus, late registration. Yes. And ooh, it's between two. I think you. I think you like graduation. I do like graduation, but the other ten out of ten is eight oh eights and heartbreak. Yeah. Oh, I for I literally forgot about eight oh eights and heartbreak. Yeah, C Caleb oh. just kind of exudes eight oh eights and heartbreaks energy. I just think that is that is the album that, whether fairly or unfairly, I kind of directly associate that with you. The more I've gotten to know you, I would That's like awesome. to say, I would like to say every time I've played Kanye for my dad in the car, he seems to respond most positively to eight oh eights and heartbreak. I, hey, it's, it's, it's an album that I like a lot. Jake, uh, is my beautiful Dark Twist of Fantasy a 10 out of 10 album? And do you have any other Kanye albums at 10 out of 10? Okay, so um, I came on this podcast a, a year ago on the first episode, brought in Pinkerton, um, one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, not, not my favorite Weezer album, though. Um, the Blue Album is my favorite Weezer album. And the Blue Album, I would say, is 10 out of 10. I gave Pinkerton a 9 out of 10. Even though I would still maybe put Pinkerton in my top 10, top 20 albums, I gave it a 9. I will give my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy a 10. I will do it. You're so brave. I will do it. 
but uh it's just, was, this is just your opinion like you you can do whatever you want i'm just saying like for me to like give something a 10 it's like i don't know if i i don't know if i'd give more than three or four albums a 10 out of 10 okay um, i'd give this a 10 out of 10 um i'm like fantano over here but um uh, I don't. I don't think I'd give another Kanye album a ten out of ten, even though some of them are my favorites. I, uh, my, I've told Caleb this before, but I love College Dropout, um, and a big reason it's probably my second favorite Kanye album is it's the only Kanye West album that's not about being Kanye West. <laughs> a really good take. He, no one knew who he was, so he's like just making fun, cool music, and there's no lines <laughs> about like. <laughs> look at me now after i yelled at taylor swift <laughs> he's like um maybe i just got a beat on a jay-z album yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well, and i think it's and also yeah it's like the backstory he's talking about literally dropping out of college and it's like that's an interest i wish i kind of wish he did more stuff like that i completely respect and cannot even argue anybody that gives us a 10 out of 10 i think that is entirely fair I think there's enough stuff, and I think perhaps the 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 teetering point is that I'm lower on monster than you guys. That I I think in my mind, you know what? Throw throw a nine on there. I can give this album a nine out of ten. Sure. Saying I don't even like a few of the songs on this album, but the high points it reaches are of epic proportions. It is a special album. It is one that I, I'm finally glad I sat down and listened to it. I'm glad I sat here and discussed it with you guys. Both of you gentlemen, I believe, are absent from social media, but is there anything you would like to plug? Wow. That's so cool for us. It's I you know, I I, I miss uh, both of your guys' presence online. I'm ve- I'm very online, addicted to the blue screen. But but Jake, is there anything that you would like to plug? Um hmm. Oh, uh maybe uh donate to the uh Georgia runoff elections the democratic senate campaigns uh that seems like a good use of time and money that's just the first thing that came to my head uh that that's what i say do that jake that's so sick that you're so involved like that <laughs> caleb you got anything to plug and it doesn't have to be for the better of the betterment of the world you could just plug some shit yeah, you but like probably should be after what i just did that was jake that was awesome <laughs> um yeah uh there's aclus in every state um and and so you know pick your home state donate to that but um i i just quit my job so if anyone has it is hiring um go ahead send me an email um and you do have his email you do have my email yeah anyone if anyone's hiring or like has any leads um any leads i (laughs) i can like i'm like a pretty good video editor and like um I, I write sometimes and stuff. So. Caleb's a, I can also. A, I'd just be happy to take out. Writer and editor. I could just take out the trash too. That's fine too. Just that's well, my plug. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas are right around the corner. If you wow. feel like helping out the greater Central Indiana area, I would highly recommend donating to the Wheeler Mission, who will be taking Thanksgiving and Christmas donations. They just they're 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 helping out Indiana in a way that desperately needs help. And if you'd like to get in contact with me, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at underscore Caselow, C-A-S-E-L-W-E. And the podcast itself can be found on Instagram at Artful Albums. Jake, Caleb, 
Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. This has been the Art School Albums Podcast, and this has been Kanye West, my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy.